0: Chapter Sixteen of Dave Dashaway and His Hydroplane, by Roy Rockwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen, The Monarch Two. The manager of the Interstate Factory and Dave and Hiram followed the messenger from the plant back to the office. The gentleman who wishes to see me, the young aviator explained to Mr. Randolph, is the revenue officer I told you about. Ah, I think I understand the purpose of his visit then, said the manager. Mr. Price was the same keen-faced ferret-like person he always appeared as Dave introduced him to the manager. I have heard of you from our young friend Dashaway, said Mr. Randolph. Lucky I ran across him responded the officer in his usual short jerky way lucky to catch you here too before you got off dashaway then you came specially to see me asked dave and your friends replied mr price with a comprehensive wave of his hand mutual interests all around it seems you see i met mr king at columbus after you left explained the official he told me of your remarkable discoveries dashaway you are keener than i young man i have been chasing all over the district and here you get a clue to ridgely while i and my men were blundering around if it is really a clue to him mr price submitted the young aviator you know it is all a theory so far As the facts stand, I have no doubt from your story that Ridgely is one of the men who ran away with the drifter, declared the officer. Have you fathomed his purpose in taking the air out, Mr. Price? asked the factory manager. Most certainly. I am puzzled to guess what it may be. Why, it's plain as the nose on your face, said the officer bluntly. How is that? you know that this man ridgely is a professional smuggler so dashaway has told me we drove him from one point on the border he has selected another that's all he has worn out the old methods of evading the revenue service so he's adopting new ones in fact i rather admire his brilliant originality why I can conceive no situation so ideal as that capture of an airship and the professional operators in his employ. Then I am positive that the Dawsons and Ridgely have made for some obscure point, probably near Lake Superior, and will open up business in the old way, do their work only at night, and I have come on here to ask Dashaway to work in harmony with me. Most certainly he will pledged the factory manager. "'I am after Ridgely, and you are after your aircraft. "'We can work together,' pronounced the officer. "'I intend to start at once for the Lake Superior District. "'I shall set my men at work clear along the line and over the border "'to try and find a trace of my man. "'I haven't an airship, though, you must remember, "'and wouldn't know how to run one if I had. "'That's where you come in, Dashaway.' you search the air i'll watch the land what i want to do is to give you a list of points where i or my men can be reached at a moment's notice any time if we keep in touch with each other i believe we can land those rascals for over an hour after that the officer and dave had an earnest confidential chat together mr price brought out maps and gave dave a great deal of information as to the smuggling system on the border in the meantime mr randolph and hiram again visited the aerodrome after the revenue officer had departed dave came across hiram looking for him say dave exclaimed the excited youth it's like a new world to me all this i declare i never had such a time in my life this mr randolph is a prince fixed things up for us has he hiram right royally he's stocked up that monoplane like a banquet hall why say if we can keep the monarch too aloft we can live like millionaires in an up-to-date hotel for a week to come hiram in his enthusiasm was exaggerating things considerably however when dave revisited the aerodrome he found that the clever interstate manager had stocked up the aircraft with every necessity for safety and comfort he could think of the monarch too was certainly a marvel in its construction and scope it had been made to accommodate an operator and one or even two passengers the seating space was quite roomy and there was a handy basket-line compartment arranged to hold wraps provisions and duplicate machine parts it was late in the afternoon when the monarch two was rolled out into the broad roomy yard of the factory everything was in order for the finest start in the world dave had thought out and mapped out every detail of the proposed air voyage mr randolph personally superintended all the initial arrangements the starter worked like a charm there was no wavering a turn of the handle and the magnificent machine spread its wings like some great bird poised for a steady flight hiram gave a great shout of delight dave smiled down at the manager proudly good luck cried mr randolph Just then the factory whistle sounded out shrilly for quitting time. Workmen appeared at the open window of the factory. Some came running out into the yard. The word had gone around that the young aviators were bound on an extraordinary cruise, a search for the stolen airship. A great chorus of ringing hurrahs went up from the crowd. It's great, isn't it, Dave? chuckled the delighted Hiram the monarch too acts prettily that's sure replied the young aviator dave delighted his companion by giving him charge of the barograph readings and attention to some of the minor duties of aviation the rapid progress of the machine in mid-air was exhilarating the weather conditions were ideal and dave had a definite goal in view there was not a break in the pleasant twilight journey the monarch too fulfilled all expectations and promises about nine o'clock in the evening the record showed over two hundred miles accomplished when they descended on a level stretch of prairie near a small bustling city here the gasoline supply in the tanks was replenished the basket had been stored with over a hundred gallons of this in separate packages without embarrassing the buoyancy of the machine as the young aviators were far below average operating weight this high living of ours makes a fellow good and hungry intimated hiram as they finished getting the machine in shape to renew the flight time for lunch you think proposed dave with a jolly laugh here we are they selected from the packages in the accommodation basket enough things for a fine feed mr randolph had certainly provided for them in a liberal way the packages produced two kinds of sandwiches some doughnuts and cream cakes cheese celery and a prime apple pie dave was pleased and proud with their progress thus far on their strange journey There was a steady but mild headwind, and if it held till daylight, the young aviator counted on reaching the first important destination on the route he had mapped out. His idea was to reach a certain point in the dark. They would then seek a hiding place, or at least seclusion, until evening again, resting through the day. Dave's plan was to travel so that their progress might not be noted and get to the Dawson group through the public prints or by some other avenue and thus warn them that they were being traced. There was not a landmark on the route, such as a city, lake, or river, that Dave had not memorized from the standard fly directories during the past two days. The drifter, Being in the hands of the Dawsons, who knew considerable about aviation, would probably follow the same course. At night, it was more difficult to tally off progress than in daylight, but so far, Dave felt that he had not deviated from the due northwest course that was to bring him to a certain destination. For over five hours after lunch and rest, the Monarch, too, kept steadily on its way. Dawn was just breaking when Dave passed a few miles to the west of a town he knew to be Millville. He glanced at Hiram about to address him. Hiram was fast asleep. We will have to get down somewhere near here, decided Dave. As he changed the course of the aircraft, there was a slight jar, and Hiram woke up. Hello, he cried. Have I been asleep at the switch smiled dave yes but it hasn't needed any attention we are going to land hiram dave knew his bearings as has been said his anxiety however was to get to cover so to speak before the airship was seen by anyone in the vicinity he soon knew that he had failed in this circling about and drifting in trying to select a suitable landing spot dave made out an early rising farmer staring up at the machine from his chicken yard a little farther on the driver of a truck wagon bound townwards evidently espied the monarch too even in the dim morning light for he stopped his horses his face turned in the direction of the machine finally dave located a spot that suited him it was where there had been mining going on at some period in the past some hills shut in the deserted diggings several great heaps of ore surrounded a sort of pit broad and roomy i don't think we can find a better resting-place said dave as they reached the ground and he shut off the power going to stay here all day inquired hiram that is the program yes well i suppose breakfast is the first move asked the young aviator's assistant i'm hungry as a bear announced dave so am i agreed hiram as he set at work to explore the accommodation basket hiram soon had a tempting spread there was cold ham a roasted chicken an abundance of bread and butter and a two-gallon jug of cold coffee the boys did full justice to the layout then dave went over to the machine seeing to it that every part was in order i'll have to take a little nap hiram he advised his companion no a good long one corrected hiram if we're going to lay off until night there isn't much to do i'll stay awake and keep lookout for anything happening you see i had quite a snooze up there in the air dave made a comfortable couch by spreading out some of the wraps found in the accommodation basket it was after ten o'clock when he woke up he insisted on hiram taking a turn on the couch can't do it not a bit sleepy declared hiram well you can try it while i'm gone suggested dave oh going somewhere yes to the town i want to make a few inquiries as to the country around here and ahead of us and i may wire mr randolph all right go ahead replied hiram i'll see that everything is kept trim and safe about the machine dave visited millville and posted himself as to certain geographical points in which he was interested he also sent a brief dispatch to the interstate people provided with some railroad maps and some fresh rolls from a bakery he started out to rejoin his chum he found hiram busy burnishing up every bit of metal about the monarch too they had their noon lunch on his way back from town dave had noticed a little brook he was telling hiram about it and they were discussing a plan of a plunge and a swim when hiram facing the point where the pit began sprang suddenly to his feet. "'Hello!' he cried excitedly. "'Someone's coming!' "'Sure enough,' echoed Dave, also arising. "'Why, I noticed that man in Millville. Can it be possible that he has followed me? I didn't know it if he has.' The boys stood motionless, awaiting the coming up of the intruder. He was a brisk, smart-looking man. There was something in his sharp way of glancing at things that made Dave think of a lawyer. The stranger came up within a dozen feet of them. Then he halted, took in the flying machine with a grim smile, and then looked the young aviators over from head to foot. Reckon I've landed on both feet, he observed, a confident, satisfied drawl in his voice. Now what do you mean by that? inquired Dave. Why, I've been looking out for an airship said to be cruising around this neighborhood. Truck farmer said he saw one early this morning. Then I noticed you in town. I think you'll understand me, young man, continued the stranger, when I say that I'm on the hunt for a chap about your size running a stolen airship, and whose name is Jerry Dawson. Why?" exclaimed Dave with a quick start. So are we. End of chapter 16.